Welcome to This Week in Nickelodeon History. I'm, of course, Captain Eric. Welcome aboard. And on this episode, we're going to celebrate some Nickelodeon anniversaries that have happened in between the times of October 16th to October 22nd. And boy, do we got some anniversaries to cover. But before then, I have to say, if you're listening to this episode, Nickelodeon Kart Racers 3 is out now for your console of choice, including PC, This is not sponsored at all, but I gotta say, for the amount of Nickelodeon love that has continually been dumped into this series, every single iteration has gotten better and better and better. So by the time you're listening to this, I'm currently enjoying the game, and I'm going to live stream it sporadically, so if you subscribe to the Captain Eric YouTube channel and hit that bell, you can be notified anytime I go live, and I would appreciate any time you guys check in. I would love to hear from you. Hope everything is going well. And on this week in Nickelodeon history, we are starting back all the way in the year of 1999, which if you were not born then and have never heard of the Y2K freakout, that is something you should spend time looking up. Let me tell you. Um, Everybody thought the world was going to end when the year 2000 was going to hit. And there was a serious fever of the Y2K bug. It's tough to explain, but in the amount of time that, uh, well, the number that Michael Jordan is most synonymous with 23 years ago on October 16th, 1999, we had the premiere of two different shows, two wildly different shows, but they are both comedies to, to be fair. The first of which is 100 Deeds for Eddie McDowd. Created by Stephen H. Berman, Mitchell Caitlin, and Nat Bernstein, the show ran for three seasons of 40 episodes. 100 Deeds for Eddie McDowd is the story of a bully being turned into a dog, and the only person who can hear him speak is a kid that he bullies, and the only way for him to get out of being a dog and going back to being human is he has to do 100 Good Deeds. Hence the title of the show. If you are familiar with the show, My Name is Earl, it's a lot like that. Has that same kind of energy. The repent of a character going about life, trying to do better than what they're used to. And it's a wonderful story. Unfortunately, the show did not get to show off the full 100 deeds, and we never got to see Eddie McDowd achieve his human form again. But we don't know. Maybe he, at some point, loved life being a dog. Maybe he got to 99 and just decided, you know what? I enjoy being a dog. Which is kind of dark, because I'm not sure if he has to abide by the same nature rules of dogs' lifespans versus humans. So, I don't know. I imagine with the track he was was on, Eddie achieved his 100 good deeds and and got to become a human again and lived a better life, at least 
a life that wasn't riddled with just being a nasty human being to everybody. As far as the other show that premiered on that day, The Amanda Show, a spinoff of sorts of all that, The Amanda Show was created by the old man and was starring Amanda Bynes, a breakout star from all that, arguably one of the biggest actors to ever go through the all that stage, made it to her own show, her own stage, and it literally is all about Amanda. Although it can't just be a one-woman show, there has to be some other supporting cast members, and the other cast members of this show certainly never outshine Amanda, but in their own right shine a different kind of glow, enough that would give off the thirst and hunger for more of these side characters. I'm specifically talking about Josh Peck and Drake Bell, two of which who were extremely popular side characters on The Amanda Show, and it was obvious that their chemistry together was just palpable. You could feel it. There was just undeniable chemistry. It was the same kind of chemistry that was undeniable between Keenan and Kel, and I think that's why everyone had those expectations, especially then, hey, they got their own show, Drake and Josh. Look at these lifelong friends. It doesn't have to work that way for everybody. So I, I respect that with Drake and Josh, even with Keenan and Kel. I never really go in with these expectations as far as television friendships. I have gone through that phase of growing up and, and understanding and whatnot. So, uh, But the Amanda show was a really fun time because in between all of the sketches and video content that Amanda had for the Amanda show, there was storylines that were weaving inside and out with a character by the name of Penelope Taint, which I feel like is Amanda's greatest creation if if she had anything to do with it. But Penelope is Amanda's number one fan and throughout the entire series is on a mission to, frankly, just meet Amanda. The joke being that since Amanda is also playing Penelope, the two really can't really interact with one another. And through some hilarious circumstances, we just time and time again see Penelope fail and fail and fail. It's one of the shining aspects of the show that I think sets itself apart from other sketch comedy shows where they may have, you know, background elements, things like all that. They would have the characters interact with the giant ear of corn in the break room, but there weren't really ongoing storylines as such, like with Penelope Taint on The Amanda Show. There were storylines, like with Lori Beth and the giant ear of corn. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. But there wasn't really anything to compare to how they ran things at The Amanda Show. I really love that show enough that this episode's top five is going to be exclusively about The Amanda Show and my top five characters from that. So if you're a fan, certainly check that out. And it's really ironic that 17 years ago, on October 22nd, 2005, we had the final episode of the revived All That, the original relaunched All That that started on January 19th, 2002. The original All That ran for six years, from April 16th, 1994, to November 18th, 2000. 
It was created by Mike Tallinn and Brian Robbins. Now, of course, the adult contemporary to all that is Saturday Night Live, and a few handful of times throughout that show's history, there have been cases where, from season to season, year to year, they have replaced the entire cast. It's only happened in certain circumstances when certain figureheads behind the scenes are replaced and new people come in and they don't want to work with any of the old people, but it has happened where it's the same show, but it has a new cast, a new feel, and you're not really sure what to think of it. As far as this relaunched all that is concerned, kind of goes that route with me. There is an aspect of the show that is consistent. It feels like all that. It doesn't feel out of place, and especially without having a consistent cycling group of original actors from the original cast coming through as they did with the rebooted series in the, you know, 2020s, it had to kind of flow on its own with its new cast of characters, its new cast of actors, which I got to say, they did a fantastic job. I remember watching the relaunched show and I certainly wasn't as much of a fan of some of these new characters as I was with the characters I grew up with, but Sugar and Coffee? That's a great talk show I would love to appear on because I love sugar. I love coffee. The sugar part's unfortunate. Probably shouldn't eat that much. I don't want to really trigger the diabetes that's building up in my system, but the coffee, hey, I'll drink that entire pot that you'd bring down from the ceiling and whatnot. Coffee, Captain? Damn good coffee. And hot. You could tell that the actors were always putting their best foot forward with the characters and scripts they were given and that they were trying their best. And some of them had infectious personalities, so it was a fun time. If you have any solid memories of that relaunched three year or so, all that period, let me know in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to this on any other platform that doesn't have any sort of commenting system, by all means, come on over to YouTube, check out this video when it comes out, and then let me know. Any of those all that characters that you remember from that relaunch period, let them be known or keep them to yourself. I don't know why at this point. Secrets don't make friends. 11 years ago, on October 22nd, 2011, Fred 2, Night at the Living Fred, premiered on Nickelodeon. I like one part of this movie. And if you are a longtime listener of Captain Eric and you have seen Fred 2, you probably are in a ripe position to guess the answer to that question. But given that John Cena was gracious enough to give his time for a second Fred outing, he decided, well, why don't we just bring Fred into the WWE environment? So Fred imagines himself and his quote-unquote dad having a wrestling match against two characters that he believes are vampires, a principal or teacher at his school, and Kevin, the bully from the first movie, What's really cool if you're a WWE fan is that these supposed vampires actually come out to Gangrel's theme, the Brood's theme, which 
is legitimately one of my favorite entrance themes in wrestling history. But Gangrel is a vampire in wrestling. So for these two characters to come out to that, hey, I can appreciate the level of effort here. And I can appreciate the level of effort that went to getting that entire segment done. So for that part alone, and you can find that segment on YouTube by itself, check that out. And as a wrestling fan, hey, look, kudos to John Cena for taking the time to bring, hey, any Nickelodeon aspect into WWE. When that world collides with one another, I have to appreciate it. So Trying to keep it optimistic here. Obviously, Fred is not going to be for everyone, and I certainly cannot recommend that you watch that movie if you're not a fan of Fred. But a movie that I can't recommend because of its quality, but just because I haven't seen it, another one that we're celebrating, is something that came out only seven years ago on October 12th, 2015, something that we should have talked about on a previous episode of This Week in Nickelodeon History. The Nickelodeon TV movie, Liar, Liar, Vampire, which goes right into the uh, Fred 2, Night at the Living Fred. By the way, that movie, uh, Fred 2, was directed by John Fortenberry, and Liar, Liar, Vampire was directed by Vince Marcello. Two years ago, on October 22nd, 2020, the Gabriel Iglesias-hosted animal competition series Unleashed premiered on Nickelodeon. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, and my members of the Ready Crew, that is it for this week in Nickelodeon history. But before you go, it's time for me to give you my top five of the week. And this is my top five Amanda Show characters. Let me tell you, if it wasn't for any shenanigans, the old man and Amanda as that curly-haired girl prank-calling him would absolutely make this list. Those segments are legitimately funny. But unfortunately, the old man had to go be a nasty old man. You have the wrong... Number five is the Drake Bell classic character, Tony Pajamas. Pajamas. Of course, I could not forget Polly, who is played by Josh Peck in all of these segments. And Tony Pajamas is just relatively Drake Bell putting on a heavy Brooklyn accent. And uh, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. I liked the vibe of the character. I liked the way they would handle the ongoing issue with the Al Dente brothers. And uh, those those segments of the Amanda show usually got a pretty good chuckle out of me. So I, I remember them fondly. Number four is the entire Block Blister family. I can't really point to one and say, oh, that's my favorite, because the entire family themselves are one complete package. The Blokey family run a interesting video store known as Block Blister, in which they is what is now known as Swede Movies, in which you take movies and recreate them in the most cheap sense possible, but they recreate famous movies and rent them to people as the real movies, and the whole joke of the entire set or segment is that people come in and go, hey, I, I just rented this movie... Schindler's List, and this isn't Schindler's List. What's going on here? And the dad would go, no, no, you didn't rent Schindler's List. You rented Schneider's List. Rob Schneider. 
Inevitably, though, we as the audience would then see the movie that the customer had rented and see the terrible job of the acting of the family where they try to just walk through the movie, but by just speaking back and forth to one another of what is going on. And it's it's objectively terrible. And it's always a funny time. It's, it's a very funny sketch. And it's a really nice reminder of how video stores used to be, video rental stores. And I genuinely miss them. I miss experiences like Blockbuster. And the fact that people are robbed of experiences like that really sucks. So as far as number three is concerned, I know this might sound like a cheat. And it's not because I made this list, and this is genuinely my third favorite character, but I'm talking about the dancing lobsters from the Judge Trudy sketch. Look, I genuinely sat down and thought, if a character from The Amanda Show walked into my room right now, out of the top five, what would be the characters that I would smile about, make me laugh the most? The Dancing Lobsters can be summoned at any point in my life, and it will be funny. If they pull the plug on me, (laughs) this is terrible. Whoever in the future, if you have to pull the plug on me, can you just make sure there's some Dancing Lobsters to come into the room? Bring in the Dancing Lobsters. (laughs) I genuinely love that concept. If, uh, If you're a longtime listener, I've... I've gone back and used that clip. As far as number two is concerned, it goes hand in hand with the Dancing Lobsters. I absolutely love Judge Trudy. I love Judge Trudy, the whole setup. And it's one of those things like Blockbuster, if you grew up in the 90s, as I've mentioned previously, Judge Judy was a massive staple in daytime television. Of course, she was continually throughout the 2000s, but... She wasn't as prevalent as she was throughout the 90s. There were more court shows amok throughout the 2000s. There were more distractions with the internet. So if you were stuck at home, you weren't necessarily being forced to watch Judge Judy. So later on in life, a parody like Judge Trudy might not really hit the same. But at the time, that thing was hilarious. And what was great is that the Judge Trudy sketch would bring in other characters that have appeared throughout the Amanda show. So you got to see other characters appear in court, and it was always a funny time. I love Judge Trudy. Number one, though, is Penelope Taint. I've already talked about her in the segment. She is the overarching character throughout the Amanda show. She is arguably the starring character in a show all about Amanda Bynes. So let that sink in. It is Amanda's greatest side character, and on this note of talking about Amanda Bynes and ending the show on a segment devoted to her, I hope she is doing well. I I have just so much love for the work that she had produced, both on Nickelodeon and otherwise, so um, I just hope she is living a happy life living an exciting adventure, and I hope for all of you the same. Thank you for listening to This Week in Nickelodeon History. Thank you for coming aboard and being a part of this journey with me. If you would like to reach out to the captain, you can. You can send me questions, comments, concerns about the show, nickelodeonhistory at gmail.com. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You can also find me on Twitter at I'm Ready Podcast and on Instagram at SpongeBob Podcast. For the most direct means of helping Captain Eric, here's what you can do. Listen to these podcasts for one. This Week in Nickelodeon History comes out every Sunday. I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast, comes out every Thursday. You can subscribe to the Captain Eric YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you can be notified anytime new content comes out. And if you would like, you can hit that Redbubble link in either the podcast description or from the link in any of my socials. If you purchase anything from Redbubble, which includes any of the different logos that I've created, any of the art that I've uploaded on there, you can purchase it on a multitude of different products. Anything that I get in from my projects go directly back into my projects, and it is always appreciated. As always, everyone, please stay safe, be kind to one another, and come aboard again next week to another episode of This Week in Nickelodeon History. On the Lord number one Nickelodeon.